You could do like a everybody around a campfire because that's how the game starts. Because we're all camping at a. Ooh, it is a campy kind of game, isn't Ooh. it? It's at a campground. That's true. Yeah. That's the symbology there. Symbology. symbology. Yep. Symbolism. All right. If you gents are ready, we'll get this going. I'm literally waiting for you to start. episode of the campfire gaming podcast <laughs> today's episode we are gathered around the campfire to go through the psyche of each other fellow campers find their brains gentle feathers are you ready to talk about our next book club episode that's happening right now psychonauts that was really good actually I'm, yeah, I like, you know, we were like struggling to get an idea for an intro for that. And I, I'm really impressed. I thought that was really nice. It's very I was good. Trying to, I was trying to ping um, in the, the sound effects there, the, um, what's his face, Ford Cruller a little bit. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. sure, so, sure. Yeah. But, yeah, I was just feeling that way. Um, Welcome, campers. It is another book club episode. My name is Mike. I'll be hosting tonight. And with me, the gentle dudes, as always, Matt, Rich, and Chris Topher. How are we doing, gents? Doing really good. Man, how you doing? Oh, doing okay. Doing okay. Got uh, a double fine game to talk about today. Not just one fine, two fine. Double fine. That's um, a name I have not heard in a long time. <laughs> From uh, the minds you know, of Tim Schafer. We, uh, you know, decided to grab Psychonauts for our game today uh, because the second one is coming out. Most of us, I think, if not all of us, hadn't played this before. So we really wanted to get our hands on it and be like, ooh, let's see what this is all about before we start playing number two. Uh, that'll probably be a later book club. But um, for now, let's jump into some conversation after uh, a word from our website. So check us out at uh, campfiregamingpodcast.com. Over on Twitter at Camp Game Pod. Insta is Campfire Gaming Podcast. And you can find us on YouTube, Campfire Gaming Podcast. You should be able to see our pretty faces. Well, everyone except for Matt, because um, he's a big old Eagles fan. So we, we know that he can't be pretty. Go, birds. Um, <laughs> I'm, the one, I'm the one with a ring. Come on. This is true. Yep. This That's is true. Low. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. What do you mean? <sighs> the Packers have rings too. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> yep. Touche. <laughs> um, as usual for our book clubs, spoilers are ahead. So if you're looking to play this game, um, well, we're going to spoil everything for you. Yeah. We'll play it after. It was Coach um, Oleander the whole time. Oh, oh man. Oh. Wow. Wow. He, he just rips his- that band aid off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right so podcast is over all right, yeah i feel done. good um, later, guys yeah matt just yeah. ruined it you're welcome <laughs> spoiler over i guess i guess that's the whole thing um 
So, Matt, since this was kind of your brainchild, see that there? Psychonauts mm-hmm. brainchild. Ah, a lot of good uh, puns. You want to give us a, see what a quick you did there? synopsis of, uh, since we're pronouncing all kinds of words synopsis. and using, using words that don't exist, uh, can you give us a bit of a synopsis? Sure. Hey, uh, but wait, 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 wait. We're not doing voices. Not no. not gears. Not gears. Not gears. Okay. Rain it back. Two minutes. Just give two us minutes. a two minutes. Okay. Two minutes. Sit back. This is going to take more than two minutes. No, hey. pretty great. You have three and a half. Three minutes. Three minutes. Speed run. Go. No, this should be pretty good. Um, so Psychonauts is a game where you uh, play as a boy named Rasputin, or Raz for short. Uh, he is part in a in a circus. He's he. His family is a, in a circus, so he's he's got all these acrobatic skills, which plays into the game, right? So, uh, but he's got psychic abilities, and he wants to join the Psychonauts. Um, and he runs away from his family and goes to camp. I forget its name, uh, where there's Psy Cadets, where they're all training and learning about Psychonauts and hopefully become future Psychonauts. While he's there. Yes, Mike. Yes, Mike. What is a psychonaut? Psychonaut is somebody who has psychic abilities um, and is kind of like a. That, that I guess they never really said like a government, but like kind of like a spy, and they go around and they fight bad guys with their psychic abilities. Got yeah. it. Thanks, man. I don't think they really went into a lot of detail on that. It's an, yeah, it's just an organization of psychics. Yeah, I'll do. I'll do a side like podcast and i'll just talk i'll do my 15 minute recap there right? no one's gonna record it it's just gonna be matt talking <laughs> just to kidding. himself so so while you're at this camp uh, some strange things start happening as you also while you're waiting for your parents to come find you and pick you up um you're finding out something strange is happening at the camp while also learning and being taught by uh two other psychonauts uh sasha nine and mila fodella um kind of how to use your psychic and uh, psychic uh, abilities and own in on on that and become better with it so um but yeah you so you you uh, basically find out something's going wrong at the camp and it's uh, your job or ends up kind of being your job i mean just you're the last one with a brain and someone that hasn't been kidnapped yet so uh yeah you got to figure out what's going on at camp and hopefully find the brains of all the other kids and stop whoever is taking them Whispering Rock. That's the name of the camp. That's what it was. Whispering Whispering Rock. Rock. Summer psychedelics. Psychic summer camp. Not psychedelics. It was. It was a very good camp. Yeah. I feel like we could have a podcast around that campfire. We could. Probably. Yeah. So, where do we want to start? Right off at the beginning as you enter the first level. Or um, so the, some more information about characters. So, like, I guess maybe, yeah, maybe like the levels. Like, so I mean, the game starts out where it's it's almost kind of a mix of individual levels and a little for okay. I guess this came out in April nineteenth of two thousand five. So for two thousand five, you know, platformer game, it's it's the camp itself is kind of almost open world. Right there's zones, but it's kind of that open world field feel, um, and then the actual kind of levels of the game where you have platforming, you fight enemies, bosses, things like that. You you fix people's brains and stuff like that is all done in people's minds. Those are kind of your standard 
linear levels. So um, I, what did you guys think about that kind of the design? Again, keep it in mind, obviously, nowadays, 2021, there's, you know, open world is very different than the kind of open-ish area of zone thing that they it's, did. It's not what I expected. I actually did not anticipate a world. I thought it was going to be kind of levels. Yeah. Just went through it. Yep. I didn't expect there to be that open area. And it actually threw me off a little bit. I was like, ah, I don't know that I want to do like a platformer RPG. It just kind of didn't... I. As soon as I got to know the lay of the land, though, it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, loading, you know, because it's, you know, not back when it first released. The loading is quick. Um, so I don't think it hindered anything. It's a little awkward to kind of, like, traverse the different areas. And then they didn't really have uh, signage on what was what until you already knew what it was. So, like, if you saw, like, a blue sign with three people on it, it was like, where, what does this take me to? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. You go into it and you get a you get a name of what the location is, and that kind of helps you get the okay. This is the you know GPC or whatever the um, the wildlands and things mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, I, I felt like I struggled a lot on the open world and trying to navigate to where I was supposed to go until we got access to the little cart that we just have to talk to, and it takes us places. But like um, when we later on when you have to go to the asylum i left briefly to go level up some things and then it took me forever to realize how the heck do i get back there linda obviously well i figured it linda out inevitably amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um it, how mean, did you get so wait how did you get back if you didn't use lind did you like use the bacon or what did you No, use i back? just i to get, I, it took me forever to realize it was Linda. I basically tra- traversed, like did laps around the whole map until I finally figured out, oh, I'm supposed to just use Linda and flag her back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I also You're talking didn't... about while you were actually on the asylum, not... No, I, I used... Yeah, sorry. I used the bacon to go back home. Oh, okay, okay. And then yeah. I... Yeah. How, did, how did you get back home? But okay, yeah. I got you. Yeah, I had to use the bacon to get back to camp a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go into a little bit more of uh, why I went and did that because it is part of what frustrated me a little bit about the game. But yeah, I mean, traversing around the game wasn't super intuitive because I didn't really know what the point of a lot of the areas were other than Mm -hmm. to just house a bunch of the collectibles. So like really only, I would say, what, two areas out of like the five that are around the camp are really the important parts. So really you have... Um, like the main lodge area, which is where you go and you buy your stuff. You have, yeah, like the wildlands, which is where you spend a little bit of time and then the beach. And then that pretty much takes you through the rest of the game. But then there's like two, well, yeah, there's like a whole other area, but just like, it feels completely pointless because it's really just there for collectibles. I'll, I'll tell you how pointless it was. I never visited. It was the main campground. Yeah. And I, the, was, uh, I beat the game. Area. Yeah. Uh, well, the reception area was just kind of... That was down by the, the cars and stuff. That was if you just explored the main lodge area. But um, yeah, there was there was the, the main campground was where um, that crueler guy, you know, whenever he was randomly places, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of the main campfire where, you know, the, the game starts. Uh, I was just going around doing missions and stuff like that. And I figured, oh, I'll, I'll be going back there just like you go to the wilderness for to meet Sasha Nine. You go to, uh, what is it, the boathouse area or whatever, and you meet Vodella there. 
uh and then obviously you go to the asylum via the the linda and stuff like that but it was like oh okay i'll, I'll end up getting over there i beat the game and i'm like okay well i guess i never went there did i miss anything and then i guess getting into one of my complaints they kind of had this open world collectible side of stuff once the game was over you couldn't go back now i know in the story you reach a point where it says hey this is a point of no return but mostly most games once you beat it then you can return well you couldn't do that and i'm like okay well you know that's kind of a little goofy because i didn't finish uh the scavenger hunt i obviously thought i missed something in that one area you could have got more side cards you know anything else you missed and this isn't i mean even for the genre that isn't uh, something that's you know for 2005 isn't even that new that Mm -hmm. that whole idea of being able to replay after you kind of finish because if you think about it like like even mario 64 you know after you beat bowser after that final battle you get sent right back to the beginning of the castle Mm -hmm. and you can just go through and collect the rest of the stuff yeah, I think that's the same way with Banjo Kazooie and Tui as well. So like yeah. a lot of those old rare games as well, which is kind of what I was like, almost kind of making a similarity to this game is that like it was kind of half in that sort of um, somewhat open world, lots of levels, collectibles, things like that. But it also had a very linear part to it. Um, there wasn't a lot of missions you can kind of pop in and out of i mean you could go do it but there wasn't a lot of reason to go do so other than for just collecting your i guess you could say external your secondary currencies if you will Mm -hmm. like the uh the cards the 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 figments the arrowheads i mean there's a lot of currencies in this game arrowheads oh my gosh yeah that annoyed the crap out of me that pissed me off too i what did so there's a certain part of the point of the game where you have to have an item to be able to progress. You have to. It. You cannot go further without having it. Right. And it costs 800 arrowheads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing prepared you. Uh, so there was a way to circumvent it and get them quicker. But nothing prepares you or nothing made you really think that you need to get the arrowheads to get this item. There's a lot of like it, it removes basically like cobwebs in the brain. Um, areas of the brain that are, haven't been used in a while, things like that. Um, and th- it seemed like from the beginning that it was just an extra part that you could go back because you can go back into the levels after you beat them. It felt like it was just an extra piece. And I was like, well, I'm not going to do extras. I just want to get through the campaign, you know, complete this out, get some, you know, some love through the game. And then all of a sudden, bam, 800 arrowheads. Mm-hmm. to purchase what, this item if what, you didn't know to use the like divining rod you like you're gonna spend your whole life just picking up arrowheads out of the dirt like, what point was, of the game could yeah. you not progress without that cobweb uh, milkman conspiracy. the mil- yep. conspiracy yep, yep the milkman conspiracy which that was actually incredibly frustrating because i was running around for a long time trying to actually figure out what the hell i was supposed to do because mm-hmm. i'm sitting here like I don't know how to progress any further. Like I can't get into that, that little sewer tunnel without the, the plunger that these guys were carrying. And so I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Um, and that was like one of the few times in the game where I actually had to go look up what to do. Cause I was like, I don't know how to progress any further. Yeah. I had to bust join the club. I busted out <laughs> Matt's Prima strategy guide yep. because I was just so, I was so lost and it wasn't even just that too. There were, um, 
I actually was playing through most of the game without any of the like secondary psychic powers that you would go back to crawler for because there was never any indication that there was a reason that I needed to. It was just like almost kind of yeah, hinted as like, oh yeah, if you want bonus powers and things like that, you go visit crawler. Not like that you were going to get gated from progressing through the game so yeah we got to the milkman i got to the milkman conspiracy i get to those vines and i'm like telekinesis <laughs> nope okay i guess i missed something so i had to go back to crawler get my fire my pyro spell or my pyro kinesis go melt that i went back to the milkman conspiracy torch that down got a little bit further and then got lost figuring out oh there's actually one of the yeah, one of the the cobwebs leads to a secret area where you have to go get the item to progress further. And I'm sitting here like like what the hell? Like when was this ever indicated that I was going to need this item? As Mike said, like it was always kind of touted as like this is just part of the collectibles. Like this wasn't a like you don't you weren't required necessarily to go collect a lot of this stuff but they pull a 180 and then all of a sudden yeah actually you do need it to progress the game see i never i never had that issue because i did a lot of like exploring before i'd go to the especially in the open world areas right um and once i saw that it was 800 arrowheads and then you could use the dousing rod to find stuff i just i went and bought the dousing rod real quick and i was like i wonder I wonder how fast it is to get 800. Once you have the dousing rod, it's in less than 10 minutes. I had enough arrowheads. So very early on in the game, I had that. So I had a very different experience than all of you. I'm guessing, I guess Chris is shaking his head too. So I'm guessing he ran into that problem as well. So mm-hmm. I got, I got the rod, but I didn't know how to use the rod. Like I did like, yeah, that right took a while to figure sent, out right before you sent me the video on it, Matt, I was looking at a different video to be like, how do I even use this thing? Cause I tap Y and it would like go up slightly and I, you know, it's bumping as hard as the controller could possibly bump. And I'm like tapping Y it's not going. I'm like, well, okay. So it's not using the Y button. Like it's not holding the Y button. It's not any of this, but really you just had to beat the piss out of the button until it hits the top in order to give it to you. Like it's one of those mortal combat, like tap the button as fast as you can test. And it was like, I don't want to do that until I reach 800. That was super annoying. But yeah, once I figured it out, it, it only took like 10 minutes. Yeah, it was such a strange decision to have it be not enough to do the the, the hot and cold thing with the uh, with the rod. But that, yeah, you had to, for some reason, mash the button a whole bunch of times. Like, I don't see the point in why that was necessary. And if they're going to give you a rod that lets you find like 50 to 100 or 20 or 10 at a time, why put the individual arrowheads out there? And then why make the thing cost 800 arrowheads? That, that was like that just. Yep. Now go ahead. Finish. No, I'll say it just didn't make sense. Like for me, like design wise, that was just a dumb idea. It's uh, the game overall. I loved it, but there are little design things like that where I'm like, why is this 800? I, I've, I went through like 80% of the game and I had a hundred of them. I was like, no effing way. Am I going and hunting down? You know, I was going to jump into, before I looked it up to figure out a faster way to do it, um, again, using Matt's Prima guide, I was going to go back into Sasha's, like, shooting uh, training spot and just shoot uh, sensors until I got to 800. I was like, this is going to take me all damn day. 
Yeah, See, it, it was just such a weird decision to put. So, I don't know. It, do you guys kind of agree that this was... It's indicative of a problem when you have to put an item in the game to reduce the grind to get a high cost item in the game yeah. that's necessary to progress the game. Like that just seems like a bad decision. It should have been something that you were given at some point. Like if Cruller is like, "Here you go. This helped me with some other stuff. Why don't you use it?" Right? Like it should have been an item that was just given to the player instead of a being a a hokey you know, grind because it was a right. fake grind. Once you had the thing, there's no reason for it. Like, just should have been had. in like uh, <laughs> they should have done it in one of the first. Uh, I'm gonna think uh, so. To me, Coach Oleander's battlefield or whatever of basic braining was like that was your intro level. So for me, something like doing uh, Sasha's shooting gallery or uh, Mila Mila's dance party, like it should have been one of those two. That yeah, you were rewarded it at the end. Or like, yeah, their their brain is so all like cobwebbed up, right? For whatever reason, actually, Crawler would have been the one that made sense, right? Because his brain would have been all filled with cobwebs. Um, that could have been a level all by itself. Instead yeah. of doing the grind, you just do a Crawler brain level, and mm-hmm. that would have gotten you the you know the the sweeper. Yeah, no, I uh, at the end of the game, I was kind of con- I didn't think it was like bad. It wasn't hard. Obviously, I had a different experience than you guys as far as getting this sweeper and, and finding arrowheads and stuff like that. But at the end of the game, I was kind, kind of confused at, it seemed like figments, cobwebs and the side cards and side cores and stuff like that. They were all there to level you up, but it didn't seem like it mattered right no. now. I know, I know as a, uh, as your, le- as your rank went up and you got higher ranks, you, your, your powers got a little bit stronger. Your psychic abilities got a little stronger, but never once did I go, oh, that, that, that was game changing. I'm so glad I grinded out a couple extra levels for this or that. Uh, it just seemed like a mechanic that didn't need to be there, especially the figments. I'm going to say right now, screw those figments because sometimes, you know, I jump at one and I'd be like, I'm going to hit it and I don't hit it. I'm like, and I'm jumping at a bunch. You got to like, I don't know. It was weird. Sometimes the collision on it to collect them was a little goofy. And it pissed me off so many times in a, a few of the levels where I'm just, oh, there's a figment. I'll go grab it. And then I'm jumping at it. And it's just not registering yeah, it. I'm touching it. I'm like, what the hell? I found that was like a camera angle issue for me most mm-hmm. of the time. Not yeah. that it was a collider issue. It was more I, because of the angle of the camera and the distortion of the figment. You jump at it and miss. Well, I started changing the camera a whole bunch. I'm like, oh, I was an inch and a half away from that thing on yeah. my screen. Like, there's no way. So... But, did they yeah. also did they also give you more hearts or more brains? Was that what leveled that up, or was that just progress? No, there was um, the oh, figments, no, the it, figments and the psi cards and the cores and all that. that yeah, was, that, that was for your rank, your your psycho psycho camper yeah, rank did, or whatever. Did any of them give you extra hit points? It was. Uh, I, I know you get more brains the, as you go. I just didn't know if that was progression related. Or if that was based on finding the figments. I thought the golden helmet or the golden question mark, those helped level some of those things up. Because every you time could, I grabbed one, there was three things that would level up, but I don't remember which one it was for. The, the helmet is that, for your actual lives. But it also leveled up other stuff. Because like the golden question mark, I think, did three different things. Like you could carry more ammo. And I, there was always three I things. with one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forget what those... The other thing that leveled up your brains, and this was more towards the end, was if you found 
the other kids' brains. Because mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. at the end before, uh, which kind of was frustrating because it was fun to go back to Cruller with the brains and have, you know, like his little machine there and pop it in and you'd have like a goofy little conversation with a kid. Right. I thought it was funny, but then, you know, you progress to a certain point and they're like, Oh, you collected all these other brains. Here's all the extra brains, your health. Right. And I was like, Oh dang, I missed out on like five or six. Um, Cause like a ton of them were at the asylum. Right. And I was like, Oh, I missed out on getting those cool little conversation with the kids as I gave them their brains back. So. Yeah, because you get a whole bunch of the kids' brains like right at the end there, like mm-hmm. right as you're about to go to like the final area. Yeah. And so unless you kind of like, yeah, like consciously think to go back and do that, you just kind of play through the rest of the game and you're just like, oh, okay, we'll just go do it after we're done with this. Yeah. I did get a kick out of that whole idea, though, like the, the plot behind it, um, stealing all the brains. I thought that was pretty great. Especially the first time Raz like grabs onto the kid and looks through his like hole. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's a straight shot. I was like, <laughs> that's pretty clever. I just also, I loved the gag that they made about that too, where it was like it was not even like a big deal to them at the very beginning. They're just like, Oh yeah, he's just like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just what he's like. I also like how like Dr. Lobato got him all uh which by the way, Dr. Lobato is first like you think he's the main bad guy. Uh, surprise! I already spoiled it. It's not, but like, uh, I liked how he like whatever sprayed that stuff in the kids' faces, and they sneezed their brain out. I was the again, sneeze powder. It's it's all that like classic Lucas Arts slash Tim Schafer kind of humor, and that's what I loved about the game. But yeah, yeah, yeah that was good stuff. But uh, this game definitely had character, mm-hmm. like with the script, with the art style, um, everything just had so much character. So it was really cool. The humor was pretty good too. Yeah, there wasn't really a part where like the humor got kind of old or tiresome or anything like that. It or was all pretty or, or yeah. cringy. Yeah, it was all pretty funny. In fact, I think it's some of the humor probably wouldn't even pass today's standards. If you get what I'm saying, it get canceled. Yes, they I they make that. they make quite a few jokes at other people's expense. That yeah. would be pretty offensive to a lot of people in today's I wonder page. if they kept the same theme. I know, Chris, you've been playing Psychonauts 2 a little bit. Yeah, but not I that curious. deep into oh, okay. it, though. I, was, I would be curious if they kept some of that humor, yeah. but we can we could talk about that in another book club. But um, I, I do have a huge gripe with the game, though. Like, a massive gripe with this game, and it's a similar one that I have with Destiny. Um, tight controls with platformers. I felt like there was no precision at all and almost like no weight to the platforming itself. Like it never felt like you were truly on a platform. You never really knew you were getting off a platform. Um, And then it was so floaty. And I don't mean just your character because you could float around a little bit, but the controls themselves were just so loose in all the movements. Like, You'd have to really angle the a stick a certain way. If you're playing on a mouse, forget it. I played two levels on the yeah. mouse. I threw it right in the garbage. I was like, no, controller. Um, but I just, like, coming from somebody who plays a lot of Mega Man, um, I want those tight controls. I want precision. I don't want floaty. You know, you kind of start moving that way if you have the stick all the way over there, and then momentum throws you, you know, an extra 10 feet that way. It's just... I really felt like they could have tightened that up a little bit. The controls and the camera are 
like I don't want to give them a pass, but I mean, they are definitely did not age well. They were my biggest complaint about the game. As you mentioned with my complaint about the figments. Yeah, I believe a lot of that was due to controls in the camera. Uh, I hated the uh, meat circus or meat, meat, whatever <laughs> meat circus level, because, you know, that's where you tie all your abilities together and you're doing all that platforming. But the combination of just the controls being just, I played on controller, by the way, so I never experienced it with the terrible PC controllers. But uh, there was just a bunch of times where it's like uh, I died a lot because I'm trying to jump. But the camera one, the camera kept resetting. Maybe I didn't spend enough time trying to figure out how to turn off the auto center, um, but it would auto center a lot on me. Um, and then there'd be times where like I jump at something and think I'm there to grab it and I completely miss mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, and and yeah, just trying to what was it? The. Um, uh, was it the black velvetopia level mm-hmm. like that that one was that one was not a hard level but the narrow streets made it hard to sometimes navigate around because the camera would get stuck again these to me are all older problems that have now been solved with modern games but it definitely was one mm-hmm. of the worst parts of the game right now I, i'm not saying it's completely solved but you probably have better controls and cameras now than you did 15 years ago right i mean I, I do appreciate hearing you guys say these things, mostly because as someone who doesn't play a lot of platforming games, I struggled quite a bit, and I was like, I just must suck at this kind of stuff. But it's good to hear that uh, a lot. It's, it's both. No. Oh, I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even even game, you know, if you compared games to some of its contemporaries, do handle that a lot better. Like if you were to go back and play something like even, say, Sly Cooper, that handled it immensely well. And they, it, I believe, if I remember, those controls were very, very tight in comparison to this game, released around the same time too. Yep, so that was a yep. that was a PS2 title, but yeah, I agree with you. The controls felt really weird, and yeah, I love playing on PC. I've played almost every single book club without using a controller until this one, because yeah, using the mouse and the keyboard felt terrible which is weird because i thought that this already had a pc port like long mm-hmm. ago like long long ago and i don't know why it felt so terrible but yeah like the mouse just didn't want to work and it had like a weird lag to it that's what i've noticed it had just like a weird like even when you were navigating menus your uh your cursor had just a weird lag to it and so the sensitivity I've... was all off or something Mm-hmm. I feel like the controller had that same bit of lag to it too. Um, I don't know how many, and maybe it's because it's an older game. I don't know how many times I died because of a lack of responsiveness to me pressing the buttons uh, in short mm-hmm. order. So uh, when you first get to the monster defense turrets in Fishopolis, um, you know you have to kind of like shield, bubble shield, take mm-hmm. a couple steps, bubble shield. Well, it wasn't registering my switch between bubble and like karate chop fast enough mm-hmm. that. It's just like I'd have to hit the button like six times for it to get it. Maybe I was just too quick for the game. Maybe, you know, it's loading something. I don't know what it was, but several different times it didn't quite engage when I wanted it to. The same thing with like the dance party when you have to start doing some of the floaty stuff with your um, your aura or whatever it was, your psycho ball. Um, it didn't quite grab every time I needed it to. So it's just, just shy or just short of, you know, what I'm trying to get a hold of um, to float through, right? So it just, 
the lack of responsiveness also you know to that tightness of controllers just mm-hmm. killed it for me i wonder if it was you know some of our you know complaints obviously i kind of chalked it up to it being like kind of an older game i actually just pulled up double fines uh games that they've developed and this was their first game i'm wondering how much of that was new slash small studio and you know only had so much runway and they had you know they couldn't go back and do some of that extra polish to tighten up the controls the camera you know whatever you know whatever else in the game right i wonder if that had anything to do with it it's hard to say. I mean, yeah. you'd have to go back and look at the. Uh, you I'll know. call Tim. I'll yeah, call you, Tim you have to go back and look at the staff because I'm sure a lot of people who worked on that game probably at some point worked in industry as well. Like this probably mm-hmm. wasn't the first game that they had worked on. But this was, if I remember, was it like he, Tim left to create this studio from like LucasArts or something like that, right? So again, it's, it's first game, you know, probably limited. You know, yeah, they probably brought a, or hired a lot of people on that had talent from the industry, but you know, I it, well, it's similar type story potentially with Psychonauts too. Up until Microsoft bought Double Fine, uh, Tim even came out and said they were going to start cutting boss battles because you know they didn't have enough time. They only had so much runway to finish the game. You know, could have been just one of those things where the the game back then just didn't get that extra level of polish. You know, to you know you know, bring, bring the controls up to those, uh, standards, you know, that some of the other sure. games are, you know, just a, a theory, you know, obviously I don't know. I'll give Tim a call and, and we'll do a, <laughs> we'll do another podcast where I talk. Right. About my- Which I mean, isn't so much like, I don't want to bag on the game too hard because mm-hmm. this game was even for 2005 was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, even now, I mean, I think that, yeah, if you just kind of cleaned up some of those like control problems, this game would still hold its weight even in compared to today's games pretty well. I mean, just because like you really could tell that they put a lot of love into like the story, the artwork, like they really, really put a lot of passion into this project and it shows because yeah, yeah like uh, there's quality there. There's a lot of really good quality there. Um, I don't think the story makes much sense, but that's whatever. Like that's it doesn't need to. It doesn't need to. <laughs> yeah. It's such a it's such a goofy off the wall game that it's just like it can get away with it because it's just such a it's such a it's such interesting subject matter. You know, you're dealing with like lots mm-hmm. of traumas and psychosis and all this sort of stuff that you know it's fun kind of going into and you know finding some of those things like um like people's emotional baggage and things like that like i love like <laughs> I, I, love I love that, that. yeah like i love that stuff that's really funny that's a really interesting take on it you know like the the whole idea of like the mental cobwebs and the um you know like people's secrets being locked in little like piggy bank vaults or something like mm-hmm. that is just that's creative i really really liked those little like flip slide like yeah and the little yeah. vignettes they had yeah mm-hmm. i thought those are super cool for helping tell the story of like the individual people you were meeting yeah super cool so let's give a little background on the, like the individual level so we were talking about you're at the camp right and you wander around uh and you're trying to figure out what's happening to all these brains and at a certain point where uh sasha nine and and mila vodella vodella right vodella vodella uh, where like they disappear to, and uh, the way the actual individual levels are designed is to your guys' point. You go into people's brains and you have to figure stuff out. Um, and 
you know, like I, I don't, it sounded like you guys weren't too big of a fan of the milkman conspiracy, but I thought that was actually really, I enjoyed the level. I struggled a little bit at points too as well, but I thought it was so cool when you first meet the milkman, he doesn't like know where he is, where the milkman, where the milkman, you got to go into his head and help clean up his, you know, mental cobwebs and, and, and figure out what's going on and find the milkman. And then when you do, and you come back out of his brain into, you know, back out to, I guess that was at the entrance of the asylum. Then he's like, he's, he's him again, right? He's not this deranged guy that's lost and doesn't know who he is. Yeah. No, I mean, like I honestly, if it weren't for the, the troubles that I had run into from not, uh, from not buying that, that cobweb duster. No, like the milkman conspiracy was one of my favorite levels of the entire yeah. game. That was so fun. Like just the trippy strip, like you're going into the mind of a, of a mad conspiracy theorist. And like, he's got like city streets that are like winding all over the place, just floating around. You have like mm-hmm. little rabbits that are popping open and taking pictures and things like that. Yeah. You have like the weird little G men that are just like, I am holding a road sign. This is a road sign. Hello, fellow road construction worker. Yeah. You know, like, oh, oh my God, I love that. Like, that was so cool. When you, I, I liked when, uh, I don't know if you guys did this, if uh, you did your clairvoyance on those people when, when you had to go into those zones with, you know, the plunger or the sign or whatever, if you did the clairvoyance on them, you, you look like a construction worker. If you didn't mm-hmm. weren't holding the right item, you were just this weird silhouette with question marks. Um, you know, and if you switched it around, yeah, you'd be the plumber, or, you know, let it, you know, construction worker, whatever. I, I thought it was just kind of a you know neat thing, but, uh, no, that was one of my favorite levels. It was so cool. Uh, uh, it, I, I had to laugh about it. The place that I struggled was, uh, it's really the first kind of, there's, I guess, second big puzzle. Once you get through the construction area was, uh, the getting into getting the flower, right. And because uh, for me, I'm like, it's a video game. I just jump over the fence and the gate. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I did. And that I, too. I wandered around for 20 minutes, got up and down the street. I actually found out you could go in the houses that way. Just yeah, looted all the houses. I'm like, where am I supposed to go? And then I, I walked back over there. I'm like, and like, I didn't even put two and two together the first time. I'm just walking in this area. I had the, what is it? The crow's feather. And I'm like, it's got to be something here because that's the next thing I need is this flower. And it's right there. And then I just randomly walked through the, oh, the gate opens. Cool. And then I was like, hold on a minute. I pulled up the little clairvoyance while holding the feather. I showed the bird. And when you go through the gate, it opens. I'm like, I'm an idiot. I felt so stupid, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I saw that the bird highlighted when you walked down that other path. And I was like, okay, this has to do something with the bird. Mm -hmm. Let's see what we can do to get this door open with this guy. So. I knew, yeah, I knew it was something with the feather and the bird, but it was just like, not once did I go, oh, let me go through this gate. I just always jumped over it. Mm-hmm. Just always jumped over it. Yeah, because I like I, I used and abused that levitate ball. Mm-hmm. Like I was always using it for everything. So yeah, I saw so the gate fun. and I was just like, <laughs> just jump over that. I got a levitate mm-hmm. ball, whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, uh, it was a fun level. I actually had the most fun with um, the dance party. Yeah. I that was. I like that one, too. I thought it was a good time. Um, you know, you, that's where you got the levitation, right? You could start mm-hmm. using it, and you're, mm-hmm. you're trying to run up walls and, you know, kind of pinball through some things. I also found it pretty difficult at some points, uh, just trying to land the ball on yeah. the teacups. 
what I couldn't figure out is did the little like flower petals actually propel you higher or were they just useless or did they keep you in the cup when you landed? Like what were they for? Cause I, I, think, I thought you'd get more spring, but I never, I like, don't, I think they were just there to kind of hold you in, help you on the, it was designed, I think to help keep you on that platform. Yeah. So you wouldn't roll off. off. I, that's what I thought, but I, I didn't think it helped you launch higher. Oh yeah, I wasn't sure. I was, I was like, I don't, I don't think that I'm going higher with this, but I kept missing like the other um, pedal on some of them by like a hair, like a red hair away from being, you know, on the platform. I like, I like the. Uh, I don't know why it reminded me of the old uh, Sonic when you're running down the the, the tunnel lane things. Um, the race, at, the race part in that yep. level is really cool. Um, I think it was kind of the cool thing about the way that these, a lot of these levels are designed is they were all unique and kind of had you doing something a little different. Uh, so yeah, I really like that part where you're just kind of racing down and going up yeah, through these tubes. The only thing that was missing was some rings and, you know, right. I mean, that's why I can kind of forgive some of the, like some of the weird technical issues or some of the weird inconsistencies that they have with the game is just like, Holy crap, man. Like every level is just vastly different from one mm-hmm. to the next. And you really don't feel like they recycled content for anything, you know, like yeah. the, these really like between having different assets and between you know, completely different designs and how you navigate these levels and the different puzzles that you have to do is just crazy good. Yeah, it's. It makes me excited to play the second one, honestly, because if this was so cool and every level is a little different, right? Like, they've got it. I mean, the second game already looks, a, you know, a lot better just visually, and uh, it probably controls play a little better. But a little yeah. bit, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm excited to try. What What was your guys' favorite level of the the mental locations? I can tell you, my least favorite was there you Sasha's go. What's your... shooting Sasha's shooting gallery, like. Uh, that was the last level I played with the mouse, and I was so frustrated trying to jump up those stupid platforms while getting attacked by sensors. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it always felt like when I landed on a platform, there was already something in the air going to hit me. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I couldn't get like it. Just it homed in on where you were going to be, and you know, it just. I really liked the fact that you could like run off the edges and jump. Like that was really fun. The whole mm-hmm. cube part to it, but just the whole rest of the level, I was like cool i learned how to shoot stuff i don't need an entire level dedicated to jumping the platforms locking onto a target shooting it just to go to the other side of the same side of the cube to hop up and shoot it all the while being blasted by you know the little sensors and then at some point they turn into like two hits a piece so it was always one hit one hit one hit and then all of a sudden it's a, a double shot to take these guys down so i'd be like pow shot you jump what you're still there? Oh, cool! I'll just I'll take the damage. That's fine. Um, and the boss in that one also just aggravated the crap out of me. It just you're running away from him the whole time until you break all the little things so he can't regenerate. Mm-hmm. And it's just I felt like a lot of it uh, once he starts rolling those balls. I assume were poop. That's all I can imagine that they were. <laughs> um, you know, they locked onto you, and it was like you're gonna get hit, so you might as well just turn. And just karate chop the guy and hope one of you dies first, right? So, the that boss and the f- boss in the final level were the only two I got. I actually really got frust- frustrated with. Oh, really? Hmm. I I actually I enjoyed the um, 
the well, I guess I don't know a better term yet. So poop boss, uh, sensor boss. Yeah, I enjoyed fighting him. Mega sensor. I don't know why. I just had fun with it. I avoided those balls like I, I avoid all balls. I think for me, what really bugged me was it was early enough in the game where it was just you were still figuring stuff out and they just kept spawning a lot of the little guys. So Mm -hmm. I was trying to run around and figure out what to do and which power. And those guys just kept bugging me. I'm like, let me figure it out. Like, (laughs) give me a second. But I mean, once I figured it out, it was it was fine. But okay, so you hated you hated Sasha's shooting gallery. What was your favorite level? Uh, it's actually the boss fight for Fishopolis. I really liked the um, the fish chasing you. I thought that was really cool when it switched over to like the eyes of the fish and it was actually like tracking mm-hmm. you and you had to run, you know, along where the fish was going because he was carrying the air bubble that you were within. Um, Raz can't touch water for very long. He was cursed um, that he would be killed in water or he would die in water. At some I think point. it was a whole family. Yes, the whole family. Yep. Um, so running through that and having like not really knowing where you have to go next gave like a little bit of urgency to it. Like you're kind of like, okay, where am I going? Am I in the right path? Oh, shoot. There's steps here. There's a couple of times, you know, trying to jump up to a platform. I was like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really on your tail. Um, I like that in my platformers, um, having some sense of urgency, like the, the map is falling or... Mm-hmm. You know, you only have like three seconds of a bubble to float on before you get there. Uh, or like in Catherine, you have giant killer babies trying to catch you from the bottom mm. up. So you have to haul ass all the way to the top. Darn, those darn babies. Yep. No, I really like the, I really liked Linda's level. That was, uh, which by the way, we keep talking about Linda. Like we should probably talk about when, Linda. When, when it was like, you may call me by the name given by my people. I was like, oh, cool. What name is this going to be? It's like. Linda, I lost it. <laughs> I was just laughing so hard at that one. So, so Linda was. Um, you hear about this like monster in the lake, and obviously you're scared of water. Uh, but as the story progresses, it's nighttime. You got to go down there, and you get pulled, or, or what is it? You, you have to go. Uh, oh, what was her name? Was it Lily? Lily. Lily. Lily she got Lily. taken yeah. down there, so you had to go find her, um, and that's where you run into. Yeah, Linda. <laughs> this big, what was it a lungfish? Yeah, lungfish. Yep, yeah. just a big old mutant lungfish. Yep. So I, I like, uh, since we're on that, I'll, I'll, I'll go into one of, I actually had three really, three of the levels I really enjoyed. Um, the lungfishopolis. So whenever you get to the end and you fight Linda, she's kind of little, uh, right? She's not this. Something's messed up. She's more monster than, you know, some lungfish that you're just talking to. She was an experiment, I believe, if I remember from, is that Coach Oleander that did that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, she's one of the mines you go into to clear out. I love that level. <laughs> the lungfishopolis where you're basically like this big mech or like Godzilla and you had to walk around the city destroying stuff. Freedom! Uh, yeah. They the, gave the freedom. little fish were so good. I loved freedom. it. Freedom! What is the name that they gave you? Is like Gargalore? Gogalore? Yeah. Because you're just Gogalore. Goggle, dude. Go- yeah, yeah. Gogalore. <laughs> what are you doing over here, Gogalore? And then like the little news things that came up as you kind of move section to section is like yeah. Gogalore. You know? And then they're like, oh, what was it? Kakamara boss. He'll come in and stop Gogalore from destroying the city. <laughs> right? 
uh, yeah, that was just so much fun just walking around destroying the town, kind of essentially being Godzilla or whatever, King Kong, whatever, you know, big Mecha Streisand, whatever you want to call. <laughs> <Yeah>. Mecha Streisand. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, that, that was how you kind of cleared her brain. You you uh, you 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 went into that level, and I, I just really enjoyed Lungfishopolis. It was it was a lot of fun. But. I got frustrated in that level a couple of times. Just the amount of gunfire and mm-hmm. like the shield was kind of worthless because it was only like three seconds worth of like going, and then those you just really had to fight your way through some of it. And I felt like the amount of damage those tiny guns did to you was huge. I wasn't a fan of climbing in the buildings, King Kong style. That kind of got annoying to get a couple of the objectives. And then in my brain, I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't try to hundred percent it, but I tried to get all the figments and collectibles if I was in an area. So yeah, it kind of got a little annoying, but who was, who was going to Chris rich? What was your favorite or, or, or most hated level? Most disliked level. So, I wanted to like this level a lot because I liked the way that it played out and I liked the humor of it, but I felt like it got so tedious that I started to dislike it. And that's the Waterloo level um, where you're playing the, yeah, where you're playing the, the war game between Fred Bonaparte and Napoleon Bonaparte. Um, I thought it just, it felt like it got really repetitive having to go between being really small to being really big to climbing Mm -hmm. out of the board to go back in the board to go out of the board to, you know, talking and doing a bunch of chores for a bunch of the different houses that you have to talk to to move a bunch of pieces around. Like it was just really repetitive and kind of, it felt very tedious. But I still stand by that. I think that the Milkman conspiracy is probably my favorite level because it's just there's so yeah. much in that level that it was just so funny. Like, you know, the just the whole guy's just I am the guard. I am yeah. the guard. I am looking for the Milkman. The Milkman, he must be found. Yeah. Um, you know, you have like the little uh, little Girl Scout sniper. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, the the G men, like the weird G men, and then they have like the Girl Scout G men battle at the end of it, and mm-hmm. like like that whole level was just, it was it was just fun, you know. Yeah. That was that was just fun. It it got really, that one also felt like it got a little repetitive when you're trying to find all the weird little items in the level, yeah, but agreed. but I don't know. I thought just thematically that that was just entertainment. It was just pure entertainment. Mm-hmm. What was the level you disliked the most? Or was that kind of the Waterloo one? That was kind, kind of, of the, Waterloo the Waterloo one. Waterloo. Yeah, the Waterloo one. Like the the rest of them I thought were kind of um I don't like the Fishopolis one was okay, but that definitely wasn't like my favorite one. But like the Waterloo one stood out as though it was just like I remember feeling Oh no, I know exactly which one I hated the most. It was the theater one. The theater one, I just mm. got annoyed. Glorious I, theater, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just got completely annoyed playing that because I got sick of having to watch the cutscene after cutscene after yeah. cutscene. And it was just like, I'm like, okay, this is just like, skip, 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 skip. This is getting old. Like, Yeah. that I, I kind of had that, yeah. It was like, okay, I like the idea of switching the light to be like happy or, or scary um, and then switching the sets to try but it got to the point where it was just it took forever and I was and then trying to get the right combination it was like it just and if you made a mistake it's like okay I gotta sit through this if you're if you're on the scary side then you gotta fight the monsters for a second it was just yeah I, I enjoyed it but it got it got old pretty quick mm-hmm. I enjoyed the con like 
I enjoyed a lot of the like the I guess just the dialogue in that episode or the episode the, a lot of the dialogue in that level just because um oh what what was the the sunshine like I can't remember the name what did they it's not it's not Gloria von Guten wasn't that her I think that was the yeah, name of the Gloria character. Von Guten's mental realm. Yeah. yeah, but that was her that was her mental realm, but I'm talking about like her her muse. Oh, the, yeah, oh, the, yeah, the, the glowing the glowing muse and I I can't remember I can't remember the name, but it's just hilarious. Like with the little crying machine with like the Oh yeah, I just like listening to crying cuz you know, <laughs> it helps me get in the zone. <laughs> like I liked that, but I hated the level. Mm-hmm. Chris, how about you? Um, I'll, I'll probably have to go with the popular one and say milkman conspiracy was kind of my favorite. It, aside from the fact it took me forever to realize that one, you could bust open cars and two, you could, um, go into houses. Um, I just, the level design was really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, though I will say the boss fight was probably my most frustrating one. Because I would, especially in the second half, when you're seeing, when you have to kind of do the clairvoyance from her perspective, I could never get the shot to hit her. I had to basically walk right up to her and jump at her to get it to work. Hmm. Because otherwise I would constantly be slightly off on one side or another. And it was getting super frustrating for me. Um, I didn't have a lot of trouble with that one. It's yeah, might because like yeah, I switched to the clairvoyance and then I would shoot. I don't know again. So it, the, it, I couldn't lock on, so I I didn't know what else I could do. Yeah, like getting the 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 shooting down on that was kind of frustrating. But did you ever run into this too, where it was like when you shoot her and then she kind of like jumps, your controls get a little distorted oh, because yeah. she's like, but not just that, but she had left like maybe there was like a, like a box of cookies or something on the side there and you hit it and get blown off the edge. And then you have to start the fight all over again. I was like, are you kidding me? Like I must've been one of the few, like I had no problems with this. I ran I would run straight at her fire twice. She'd move. I'd literally run right at her again. She would like uh, what the first time it's like uh, when it's from your perspective and you have to throw those exploding cookie boxes at her it took me a minute to figure, you know, that out, you know, um, just that you had to switch to your, what is it, your telekinesis to throw it at her. And then the controls trying to get that to aim. Yeah, it was kind of goofy why she's throwing knives or what spoons or whatever at you. But once it went to her perspective and it was dark, I don't know what it was. Maybe I'm just a master at video games. I'm gonna, <laughs> it's probably what it is. No, I would just run straight at her fire twice she'd jump and i'd run just straight out so like a lot of times she wouldn't even she wouldn't even throw her cookies out at that second stage um because i would just keep her on the move just run at her fire fire two or three times hit her twice she moves just yeah Hmm. um but let's see what was it gonna say um i will say probably the most frustrating was some of the like catwalk stuff in the theater level because that's when I, I really started to see the 3D platforming like kind of struggled from time to time to give me the right camera angle to mm-hmm. actually jump from one spot to the next. And I died a lot. Yeah. Really frustrated. Did you guys have any audio issues where the dialogue wasn't playing properly? 
Can't say I, had I a, did. I had a lot of hiccups and glitches in my sound. So it was always like I'd get part of the conversation and then like two seconds would go by, maybe a second, I don't know. And then I'd get the rest of the part of the conversation. Like it was really, hmm. it made it almost unbearable because every time hmm. you'd start talking to somebody, there would be like gaps in the sentences. Um, and often the audio would finish after like the, the animation because it just had these little breaks in it. Uh, I tried it on three different machines, uh, and it happened on all of them. So I don't know, I don't know what happened hmm. there, but weird. The hmm. only issue I had the entire time I played, and I think if there was another, was when you were in. Uh, oh, it was the second that that brain tumbler experiment. Remember, you go to Sasha Nine's lab, and that's how you. Uh, mm-hmm. You go into your mental state, and you could pick different levels or whatever. If you, especially if you want to do the replaying and collect everything um one of those bushes that kind of pushed you away and caused you not kind of lose control but it would just push you away so it was usually for a second i was actually jumping around trying to get i think it was one of the emotional baggage and then i jumped away and i was on top of one of those and like it literally was just constantly that i got locked into being pushed away and i i couldn't move my controls did i couldn't Right. Because you can't jump. You can't move. It was just I got stuck between a little wall there and one of the bushes and literally just was constantly going uh, 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 or whatever. And I'm like, OK, jamming all the controls, doing X, you know, escape, go to the menu, go back. Everything couldn't do anything. I had to quit the game. Please tell me you've got a recording of your guy just going. That could be great. I don't think so. I don't. I didn't. I didn't play on more stuff. I got to remember how to do it with the game bar. Because mm-hmm. not playing on the Xbox, I didn't have the quick 30 second, but yep. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I already kind of mentioned my favorite level. I'll say like my worst one, I think, the one I disliked the most was Meat Circus. I had... That's where I had the most trouble with the platforming. I think that's what f- frustrated me. It was like, okay, I'm good at this, but like uh, when you had to fight the Butcher... Right. This is a level where your your circus psyche mind and uh, Coach Oleander's kind of mix. And he had an issue with his dad and it was a butcher killing a bunny. And then it mixed in with your circus, you know, world. And it was a meat circus. Um, but for some reason, I had uh, such a such a hard time with the controls jumping like that rounded graded thing with the fire on it. It was your dad yelling at you that, you know, you got to be good. You know, I taught you whatever. And it was just like I would try to jump around and would always miss it. Uh, I hated running up the butcher's shoulder, the boss battle there. I'd always slide off. I was like, okay, I get up there and I go to swing and either I wasn't far enough and it wouldn't hit him in the head or I was okay. Let me get up a little farther. And then like the edges were a little weird and I would just slide off. And then I, I it, that just frustrated me. I think I had a little issue with that in general with the combat, especially if you were using just melee combat is judging the distance between mm-hmm. myself and my target. Cause I had a little bit of an issue with that with, um, Oh, what was it? The level with the bowl. What, what level was that? Black Velvetopia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're doing like the little like wrestling fights, which was also hilarious by the way, yeah. <laughs> I loved the wrestling fights, but like doing that, trying to like go in so that I could get far enough in so that they wouldn't grab me. But judging where my swings were, I would sometimes swing, think I'm close 
enough to hit the target, but then just completely whiff like three attacks. I had I run into that quite a bit throughout the game. A, a trick yeah, I found, I think, I think... The platforming was kind of all that way. Like, if you looked at the different areas, when you're jumping from thing to thing, even, like, it just... Trying to figure out where your front was or where your base was and what you were going to land on, it just... It was really difficult. And I don't know if that was camera angle. I don't know what, what really drove that, but... I think that's just kind of a theme of this game is not really being able to control your guy well. Mm-hmm. Again, that's I think that was the only reason I was uh, just kind of got frustrated at times. I didn't really struggle, you know, trying to figure stuff out. I didn't have to go to any Prima guides. It was just like every now and then I just struggled with the platforming because, yeah, there was, uh, you know, judging distances, whether or not I was on a platform. Um, oh, the other thing with the meat circus, when you're kind of on that rail and you're swinging through, like you and there was the brakes in the rails. There was a couple times where I jump. Like I remember one, I was like right at the end, I jump, but apparently I didn't have enough momentum. And I didn't find out till a little later that if you press forward on the stick, you went a little faster. <laughs> but um, I was like, okay, this is just a small jump, like right at the start of it. And uh, I did that like twice, and uh, it was, yeah, it's a little frustrating. But yeah, good times. One thing that I hope that they change in the second one, or have changed already, was like item descriptions was just a wall of text. It was just like. Mm-hmm. That's your tutorial on how to use this item. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many of those I was just like, skip. <laughs> they did that with out. a lot of stuff, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And in, in kind of managing items, they could have done a better job of of separating the items. They did it like they did a little bit, but there was sometimes sometimes things would stick with you, sometimes they wouldn't. But like you would get unique things you use in the levels, but then you had a unique set of things that you used out in camp. I can't, but I can't. What is the name of the camp? I keep forgetting the name of camp. Whispering Rock. Um, so yeah, there was a, it was just kind of yeah, but yeah, it would have been nice to get a little bit more explanation with some of that, or better. Well, they gave you a, better than like, the wall of text. Um, any of the like new psychic powers, you got like a little demonstration, right? You got a. Mm-hmm press this button to do this, press this button to do that, and then try it three times. Do that with the items. If it's something like the um, the cobweb remover, just do a thing with it real quick. Or the divining rod. Like Let people, let people use it once or twice um, and keep your tutorials on how to use things the same. So I yeah. hope that they switch that. Yeah, and I mean, just in general, I don't see what the point of having to hold the item in your hand is to be able to interact with something. Like, mm-hmm. why not just let me interact with it like I would, and it's in my inventory? Why do I have to bring it out in my hand? I mean, I could see that being an example for, like, say, like, you know, the Milkman conspiracy where, you know, holding the item kind of changes how they perceive you. So in that context, that makes sense. But like when you're going and talking to random NPCs and they're expecting you to have some sort of an item, you should be able to just talk to them without having to hold the item in your hand. That seems Mm -hmm. weird. Yeah, I didn't like how difficult it seemed to put away the items too. Um, you know, the latter half of the game, everything is night. It's all dark. You have, you know, there are little monsters like a bear, like a giant cat running around. Which just felt weird, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but if you got into a fight with them, 
you had to put away the item. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there wasn't a, you couldn't like all of a sudden like hit the shoot button to mm-hmm. start shooting. You had to stop, put away the item, and then you could start going. I feel like it, it could have auto put that away when you're doing it. Um, that would have been nice. Or just let you fight with it out. Ooh, hitting people with the diviner rod. Bad kitty. Yeah, or just being <laughs> able to attack. That's kind of that whole, yeah, that whole idea of like tightening up those controls so that it doesn't feel so clunky when you're trying mm-hmm. to like, oh, I can't attack because I have the thing out. All right, I got to put it away and now I can start attacking or something like that. Agreed. Yeah. Um. So ending of the story or just the story in general, what did you guys think about it? I mean, you said, you know, like to your point, it doesn't make sense, but it's not a story that needs to make sense. Right. Um, They're trying to steal kids' brains and they're trying to use it to power super tanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to power super brain psychic tanks. I found it, the story, it felt a little bit odd, like almost like there was maybe a missing middle part. Because you go from Coach Ole and Anders, the basic braining, right? You're just kind of learning to jump and climb and all that stuff. And then you kind of go get a couple of your early psychic uh, powers from uh, Sasha nine and, and Mila Fodella. And then all of a sudden like everybody's missing and everybody doesn't have a brain. It was like, and it was like, here's kind of like two or three training levels, learn how to do some stuff and then right into it. And everybody's like mentally gone and, and two of the psychonauts are captured and, like I found that a little bit odd, but overall, um, well, I guess even from the start, they kind of imply that Dr. Lobato is like the bad guy, but you don't really ever like meet him or anything. Right. So like, yeah, that, that, that kind of like trick, like Dr. Lobato is a bad guy. Oh, oh, look, it's actually coach Oleander. It was like, well, they didn't really do much to make Dr. Lobato like this evil bad guy. Okay. Showed a, there was one point where you saw him steal brain from a kid. And it was like, you never heard from him again. You know, it's just like, okay, yeah, you, you just, okay, I guess he's the bad guy. And then you get to the end. And it's like, oh no, it's actually coach Oleander. Right. Until- well, which is weird though. Cause they, don't they kind of spoil that in the game already? Like they tell you it's coach Oleander, like midway through the game. Like that's yep, not even little, much of a you surprise. See the, you see the curtain thing in one of the, um, one of the brain worlds that you're in. Like when you're, um, trying to go rescue the brain, I think it is. Uh, once you get the levitate skill, when you come back, you actually see that there's that curtain room that you got pulled away from in the first, like in the brain training level. So if, if you caught that or put those two together, you knew by the time you got levitation that it was probably the coach. And then they just flat out say it, I think, during the, the Linda level. Yeah. Was that yeah. it? Yeah, I was trying to remember which 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 level it was, or they're like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's Coach Oleander. Yeah, where you fight him as a superhero because he's got the brain radio tower to try and lure all the in, kids to like that's what he was doing with Linda is he was lo- using Linda to capture kids to bring them to the asylum to suck their brain out. Yeah, that's that, what it was. That little like fishing trick that it did to grab Lily. Yeah, it was just like here it was like a pocket watch, uh a teddy bear, a flower. Aha <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I like that. But yeah, I mean Story-wise, it was pretty fun. Yeah, I don't know. I had it wasn't fun. much of a story, but I think uh, really what a lot of the story was was just kind of buried in between 
everybody's like you know psyche of their mm-hmm. you know you kind of get to know a lot of the characters one of the things i was a little bummed out about actually is that you really didn't get a chance kind of like what you said matt is that like you go from meeting all these kids in camp to then all mm-hmm. of a sudden they're gone and yeah. everybody just vanishes i would have liked to have gotten to know more of the kids because you could walk around camp and like talk to them and like there was a lot of really interesting characters there yeah but you really never get a chance to interact with them beyond just the little bit that you could before they all vanish it would have been nice to hang out with dugan a little more because i thought he was hilarious yeah or like yeah or again like again maybe if i made the trek back there i would have been able to do it but like it was a good Cause that that lot, the asylum you get like six or seven of the the brains. It was a good chunk of them, and uh, I was like, "Oh, I'll get back there, I'm sure." And then nope, it was like point of no return. Okay, here's all your extra health. Cause I guess that was the meat circus. Is where they're like, "Oh, here you have all these brains. Turn them in. Now you get extra health." Um, I was like, "Okay, well, I would have been. I would have liked to go back and have that little." little bit more chat with the kids like i mentioned so yeah because originally when the way that they were teeing up the game is that's kind of what i thought you were going to do like you were going to be walking around this camp and interacting with the kids and putting the little door thing on the kids' mm-hmm. heads and getting into their minds and figuring out what they're like but that's not what happened i think the- so biggest complaint with the story that i had though and i should have googled it to see if you could do it i was never able to get the cart the lady in the cart her burger (laughs) i i didn't try well if you notice when you go to crueler in the lodge he's slipping burgers she says can you get me uh get me a burger when you come back or something like that yeah i did no did you (laughs) When you were in that that little window, did you ever like sit and linger on um, purchasing an item or try to purchase something that you couldn't afford? No, no, I don't think so. Crawler makes some seriously rude comments at you. Um, my favorite of all of them is like I clicked buy and he's like, "You can't afford it. Stop staring at it. Get out of my shop." <laughs> I was just like, "This is great." <laughs> I wish like um. I didn't need it a ton, but the the uh, what was those candies you could buy? Oh, were they? Remember, you could buy those candies from them that would give you your health back. Again, it was to oh, me. It was yeah, I forgot about those. It was again my own fault because I'm so great at the game. I got the dowsing rod and I got the the sweeper or the cobweb sweeper like right at the beginning. So I rarely went back to talk to him again. So. Later in the levels where I probably should have gone back and bought a couple of those candies from him, I never did because, again, it was just like kind of like once I was done with him, I was or once I got that stuff, I was done with him and I didn't really have a reason to go back. Again, my own fault. I maybe should have made the trek back to buy some candies, but um, yeah. So back to the story, I legitimately thought that um, Dr. Lovato was the bully uh bobby i thought it was him like from the future or something like some way some shape or form some weird brain adjustment that it was him underneath that mask you know going by dr lobato angry at the other campers 
So up until I found out that that wasn't the case, I was like that little like because you keep having little interactions with Bobby, right? Like you keep running into him with like the fish um, in the first camp when you're trying to <laughs> learn how to like get through stuff. He's pushing you out of the way. I absolutely thought it was him uh, just because of the similarities in the way that they kind of shaped him. So huh. I think that could have been cool. I like how little we learned about Dr. Lobato and how quickly he was discarded. Right. Snope. Um, small spoiler. He's at least the focus point at the very first level. Mm-hmm. Of two? Yeah. That's as far as I've gotten so far. Mm-hmm. And I th- yeah. They made him out to be a lot scarier that he, yeah. he ended up being. Maybe that was one of those like design pivots or something like that. Yeah. They just kind of bait and switch. Yeah. They were just trying to change something midway through development or something like that. So for the second one, did they like, is Mr. Zanato kidnapped? Is that the, where it um, or where it starts no, off? No, that's actually, so a VR game came out two, three years ago. Uh, that oh. adventure gets covered there. God, is that the, the rhombus of ruin? Rhombus? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I have not played yet. I haven't even looked up to see. Is it playable? Maybe play it on. I'm trying to think that. So that so, again, one of my other, as I mentioned earlier, one of my complaints was there was all these collectibles, and it just didn't really feel like you were, especially the psychors and the cobwebs and the figments. Yeah, they you were leveling up your abilities. Do you remember the date? Was there a place that you could go look at the list of your abilities and and the little things you unlocked for them? Or was it just one of those blurb text screens when you leveled up far enough to upgrade one of them? Just see. Again, it was. I think this was just the, the only other thing other than the controls that just bugged me was just that it. A lot of the collectible stuff didn't make sense. You know. Yeah, that made never it made any sense to me. Didn't really because I mean even think about it like once you got to, the figments you collected throughout the whole game. I guess that was the one constant, but like the. Um, and I guess some of the cobwebs are there, but like a lot of the side cards and the side challenge markers, like those, like once you got so far, they were never really there. That was really, I guess, op- in the open world camp area that those were there. I don't know. I guess that could have been tighter, but. Or make more sense or not be there. I don't know. Yeah, I stopped trying to get them all. Like when I saw them, I was like, yeah, I'll come back to you later if I care. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just never really made a difference. I thought leveling up would have mattered more. And again, maybe it did. And I just wasn't, I didn't, again, I remember seeing some of those abilities as you leveled up, pop up, but come to think of it, I don't remember like there's a, Oh, here's a screen of here's all your, your psychic abilities. And these are the things you unlocked because you're, I think I was around when, 80. When you switch, when you switch your psychic abilities, did it give you that information? Like when you're in the option screen for it? I don't think so. That or I, again, I could have missed it. I didn't look very hard, and huh. but do you guys have a favorite psychic psi power? No, just the levitate, levitate. ball. Yeah, yeah. I lived I, on that thing. Same. I found later in the game the pyrokinesis came in helpful, especially the was it the luchador fight? Right, is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah, and uh, because. I would just levitate and just bounce in the air so they couldn't grab me or do their special attack. And then I'd go on the ground, set them on fire and it would just slowly chip away at their health. And <laughs> yeah, 
then if they like did the whole attack and were stunned for a second, I'd go in and smack them a bunch. But yeah, it was uh, it was fun. I only used the pyrokinesis when it was like context sensitive. When it was like you have to use it. I kept I kept forgetting it was a power I had. I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan of the telekinesis. I just thought like. There were too many steps to get it to work. Fo- mm-hmm. Focus on something, and then you had to aim it, and then get it far enough or close enough. And it was just like, wasn't hard, but it was it was not as easy as it should have been to, you know, I don't know, use. It yeah, I mean, wasn't are... like control where I could just feel like a Jedi where I'm just like, ah, grab it, Chaya. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say having a little more mobility when you're doing that would have been nice. Like just being able to. Stick and move would have been cool. Mm-hmm. All in all, though, I, I think an amazing game. It's you know I do after playing this, I do want to play the second one. Yeah. Uh, so it didn't turn me away from anything. Uh, just like I said, this the amount of character that this team provided in this game is just spectacular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want more adventures with them. I wanted to know, like the whole time, as soon as the brain like stealing part came out i wanted to know the whole thing i was like oh god yeah <laughs> stealing children's brains sending them to watch tv what is happening yeah no i i absolutely had a blast playing this obviously had my little complaints but you know they're, mm-hmm. they're small and uh this game is cheap enough that i would recommend it for i think most places had it for about 10 bucks big surprise it's on game pass so if you have it you don't have any excuses to go play it um but i mean 10 bucks i'd say is worth it you know or honestly we're coming up on the holidays here i'll bet there'll be a sale at least a steam sale and i'll bet it'll be cheap but yeah i had a blast and and like you said mike i'm i'm excited to at some point hop into the second one whether it's just playing it myself or playing it for a book club you know it's it makes me want to know more it also looks a little visually better. <laughs> Some of those, I don't know. I textures, sure, but the characters were so good. Even even now, I think they translated pretty well. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. the the I liked how in game it actually looked really nice, a lot nicer than the C, the CGI was rough. That was yeah. That you was could really cool. tell when it transitioned from a a um, character model to a pre rendered video, and it's like, oh, that this was, is kind of awkward. Yeah. yeah. But I did like how it just like the whole game looks like you're playing through a Tim Burton movie. Mm-hmm. That was it does. awesome. It really does. If you enjoy like the look of this one, there's another. Um, er, what is it? Um, the cave, I think it's called. Also by Double Fine. The cave. The cave. The cave yeah. It I is played- uh, It's kind of like a Lost Vikings. You take um, a character through like a small puzzle area. Um, yeah, the cave. Okay, I see here. It's so good. Or if we're talking Double Fine games, the brutal legend. Brutal legend. God damn, I love that game. And I have actually another it. one. Another one that you guys actually might like, uh, but it might be too dumbed down, um, is Costume Costume Quest. Costume Quest. That's a fun yeah, one. I played the, f- the first one was actually pretty entertaining, so I, I liked it. You played an RPG with a turn-based combat? 
What? But it wasn't some crazy in-depth thing. That's why I was totally fine with it. And the whole <laughs> idea that it's your costume is who you are is battling was pretty cool. But uh, we'll have to save that talk for another day. Maybe that'll be a... Yeah, that's sad because I know backstory about that game that yeah. I want to talk about. Maybe we'll do a book club of that one. I'd play it again or play the second one. But yeah. Um, what do you guys, I guess Chris and Rich, do you guys already say what you thought about the, the game and if you'd spend $10 on it? I would. Uh, us platforming issues aside, I mean, the story is really enjoyable. Uh, characters are great. The humor is fun. Yeah, I'd pay for it. I mean, I think that this definitely more than justifies, a, you know, a month of game pass. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So that was pretty, that was a pretty easy. sell. would I buy it? Sure. Especially if it was on a sale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, overall, like I said, I thought that this game was really good. Um, there were definitely some issues with it, uh, both kind of technical and weird design decisions that kind of just like make you kind of scratch your head question. Like why, why this? But I mean, with how interesting the game is and how diverse each level is and how funny it is, it's really hard not to give it as much props as it deserves. So, yeah, I would say I really, really enjoyed the game. Also, we never covered it, but, you know, at the end of the game, yes, Raz does become a Psychonaut. They do award him Psycho. They do award him Psychonaut status for being a boss, and then he's basically leaving to go on a mission with uh sasha and the whole gang yep and you said that was in the vr game is where that takes place um the vr game you are in the ship riding with them yeah you're you're solving the mystery of what happened to lily's dad and then the first game the second game picks up uh trying to understand who actually brought Dr. Lobato into this. Who's behind Dr. Lobato? More Milkman conspiracies. It was the Milkman the whole time. Uh, Going into his brain was a lot of fun, though. I did enjoy it. Sure was. I I just love that he just like brought milk bottles of Molotov cocktails. (laughs) Got to burn it all down. For whatever reason, you know, saying that the milkman is the bad guy, it brought me to the the South Park, the UPS man. Oh, Mr. UPS man. (laughs) Like, (laughs) him going around doing that. uh, That's funny. Well, I think this game gets a, uh, you know, a blazing fire from the campfire crew. We uh, definitely recommend it. Any other details you guys want to talk about? So I think we covered most of it here on my notes. So, yeah. Go check out Psychonauts. Um, that and many of the other Double Fine games. Uh, I'm happy that they're still around. Happy Microsoft picked them up uh, so we can keep getting some more cool stuff like this. Hopefully a Brutal Legend too. Yeah, who cares? I have never played it, so I couldn't tell you, to be honest. Oh, you're I missing should. out. I keep being you... told that I should play it. Um if nothing more, the soundtrack is amazing. Isn't it Jack Black, though? I'm yeah, kind of so tired he's of a, him. He's a roadie. It's a good uh, time. Uh, Book club, uh, maybe? Uh, maybe. We'll see. Uh, it's not on the Switch. I won't play it. Uh, 
Well, Gentle Feathers, thanks for another wonderful book club conversation. Um, coming up, our next book club game is going to be Bastion. This was Ooh. a community pick. So thank you again for um, joining our Discord and throwing your selections for what we should play next into the channel. Um, usually we just kind of vote on it if we've got a few, and we'll get to other picks as we go. But if you really, really have something you want us to uh, put in, put in a poll. See if uh, you know other people are interested in hearing the same thing, and we can maybe do some voting uh, from the campfire group to to see what we're going to play next. So I'm ex- I'm excited to try Bastion. It's, it's going to be fun. And you all, dear listeners, should play with us. Agreed. Well, with that, check us out on our website, campfiregamingpodcast.com, at Twitter, uh, at campgamepod, over on Instagram, at campfiregamingpodcast, and our YouTube area, campfiregamingpodcast. Check it out, drop some likes, and uh, we'll see you next time around the campfire. Yeah.